Welcome back to the Be Just That podcast, where we discuss everyday topics through a biblical lens. We believe that the Bible is just as applicable today as it was 2,000 years ago, and is filled with answers to all of life's most pressing questions. Furthermore, we believe that knowing and standing firm in our identity as a child of God is imperative when navigating life on earth, because what if we find in looking through the scriptures that God has told us who to be? Could we choose to be just that? Good morning. Good morning. How's it going? Brandon, oh, no, me. Oh, boy. Um, I don't know. Oh, good talk. Good talk, good talk. Um, how's it going over there? Oh, it's just lovely. We are tired today. Very extraordinarily. Um, first and foremost, for the people, any housing updates? Mm. Nothing but disappointment. Oh gosh. We put in an offer on a house that we really loved and did not get it. And yeah. There's really not much on the market currently. Um and people are selling their houses for way too much money. That's yeah. Basically. Oh my gosh. Okay, on that subject I have to tell you. So we went to Walmart yesterday to get snacks for dessert and um you know how you know why our walmart it's really there's like nothing there right it's mm-hmm. it's kind of no man's land right mm-hmm. so they built these townhomes and we were driving by and um we we're like wow i wonder how much those are and look it up 3.5 million and for a townhome for a townhome near our walmart that's like in the middle of nowhere. It's ridiculous. Isn't that crazy? And then on top of that, the HOA fees were almost $800 a month. I told dad that because there are some HOA fees here where it's 450 a month. And I'm like, Jesus's shoes better be included in that fee. And dad literally like, no way. He was like, you can't do that. And I was like, yeah, no, you could do that apparently. Yeah, that's insane. They better mow your lawn. They better that better be all of your utilities included. Yeah, yeah, they be up there shining shoes and whopping floors, whopping, 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 whopping. Yeah, it's like uh, there are so many homes that I love, and I'm just like, why do you want half a million dollars for those? Yeah, you bought it three years ago for two fifty. Because you can. Because again, uh, it's so frustrating. And then yeah, on top and of that, it's the interest rates that are killing me. Yep, yep, exactly. And also, this is so interesting because I live in a townhome and we were talking to our landlord last summer and she was saying, she was like kind of giving us an update on some of the projects that they were doing last summer. So, for example, they redid all the decks in our complex. So we have six units in our little townhouse complex. And they were redoing the decks, and she was kind of telling us some of the process of everything. And I realized how much you have to be careful about where you live in terms of HOAs and, like, who's around you. And then just being attached to other people, like townhomes, condos, whatever. Because you have to make decisions with them. So, like, even though you own your unit... Which our unit is probably super expensive. So, like, everyone owns their unit, but you have to make decisions together. Like, all right, this needs fixed, so we're all going to go in and pay for a roof. We're all going to go in and redo the deck. It's like, what if you were going through a financial crisis and you didn't want to redo the deck? And then, you know, the other five people said, yeah, we're redoing the deck, so you have to. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it's gnarly. And they can say, like... One thing that we've had to think about is like we want to have chickens, and a lot of oh, HOA won't allow you. Again. <laughs> a lot of HOA won't allow you to have chickens, and some HOAs won't let you allow, like won't allow you to put up a fence. Like mm-hmm. there's a house that we looked at yesterday that we liked, but none of the houses were allowed to have fences. So like none of them have enclosed yards. Well, no, ma'am. 
that makes buying a house even more stressful. It's the whole thing. It's, it's, um, yeah, it's not in my top 10 favorite things I've ever done for sure. And it's just like that feeling of like, what if something else comes on the market? You know, there's always like the what if. I guess that's life though. Like, what if I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that is the problem in our day and age, honestly, is the what if thing and the searching for better. I will tell you, that could be a topic in and of itself. But, like, I mean, that's the problem with relationships these days and having media and dating apps and everything. People are constantly looking for next best. I think we just do that in our lives far too much. Yeah, and we definitely need to be content and just the whole thing of like none of this is ours. It's all God's. And Mm -hmm. that's like another thing that I really struggle with in this whole process is like this isn't Brandon and I's money. Like this is God's money and are we using it well? Yes, he, he wants us to be happy and he wants us to, you know, have our needs be met and we're really not like I say half a million dollars but we're really not um like the house that we get is not going to be anything crazy you know it's going to be super simple it just the market is so insane and everything is so expensive Mm -hmm. but it's truly just learning to be content and we have true like this has truly become a need instead of a want at this point and as we talked about previously like we only have a short period of time to buy a house so um there's lots of pressure there but it's yeah it's definitely one of those hard things of i don't know making sure you're making the right decision bouncing it off of other people like this is really when community is so important Mm-hmm. Like huge, massive life decisions. Oh, 100%. Which kind of leads into what we want to talk about today. As far as having good community and being surrounded by people that are good for your life. And then also just like kind of what we're talking about always looking for next best and this comparison game i suppose both like between you and between other people not to say like i think there is a delicate balance between settling and between you know going too far and never being content right right but um i think today we wanted to talk a little bit more about friendships and Honestly, for me, friendships with girls in comparison, how hard is that sometimes? Uh, that would imply that you have friendships with girls. Are you saying that you don't? Um, not. This is something that I think I've alluded to in the past, but I just don't really have, um, like all of my girlfriends moved away after college. And that's like really hard for me. Mm-hmm. but I don't know like I think about I still have friends from high school like I still talk to Brooke all the time and I've never felt I don't know I've just always really wanted to be that person that's like their biggest cheerleader you know like mm-hmm. come to me about anything and I'm gonna lift you up and sometimes to a fault I do that because sometimes I'm like lacking the um like I don't know I guess sometimes I'm afraid to call them out and call them higher probably because they're not people of faith um so it's hard to do Mm -hmm. you can't hold them to that biblical standard you know Mm -hmm. but yeah I don't really have a lot of close girlfriends it's really hard and I don't want this to be an excuse but it's really hard to be 26 with two kids and be a stay-at-home mom full-time and then work all night as a nurse (laughs) there's not a lot of there's not a lot going on there Mm -hmm. in the friendship area so this is going to be um mostly coming from you i feel like well 
also, I, I'm, that's not completely true because I think that like we we have a lot to say about friendships and comparison, and how comparison can be the thief of joy, and we've seen that a ton in our high school and in our college, which leads maybe into a separate podcast with um, a lot of our struggles in comparison and kind of the origins of that. But I think that has really bled into, unfortunately, relationships and friendships with other girls for whatever reason. And I feel like that is so much more of an issue now than it used to be. And I don't know if that is because of media and this one-upping culture not that you intentionally are trying to one-up but I think that we see a lot of people living their life online and we think that we understand what's going on and it's just a snapshot and it might not even be a true snapshot you know oh yeah there's but so we, much untold yeah exactly but we see people doing stuff and it's like someone posts them at the gym and it's like oh well, they're at the gym. I Why am I not at the gym? Maybe I need to be at the gym. And then you start to kind of compare what you're doing that day to what they're doing that day. And then it puts up these walls and these feelings towards that person that literally have nothing to do with that person, right? Yeah. And also, maybe that's the first time they've gone to the gym all month, yet you go every day. And maybe that's like your one rest day. And then you're like, I shouldn't have taken a rest day. <laughs> yeah. Just go down this rabbit hole. It's just, it's stupid. And it's not stupid. That was rude. It's, um. No, it is. It is dumb. Like, why do we do that? Um, because that's what Satan wants. Which I said I was going to talk to you about this in the last episode. And then we never circled back around to it. But I was listening to, um, a podcast. And they were talking about how when we say, like, Satan's attacking me that's like really misplaced we should just say like the enemy is attacking us because as we know satan has you know other um evil what do you even call him because he's a fallen angel evil companions companions (laughs) yeah i don't know what they are exactly but um that you know demons yeah that have infiltrated the earth with him when it fell and mm-hmm. um that is like god is the only entity that can be omnipresent mm-hmm. so satan is not omnipresent he can only be at one place at one time he does not know our thoughts which i think mm-hmm. those are really interesting because i'm mm-hmm. always like oh man like that's the enemy when i'm just thinking something like i haven't even spoken it but and I think that there's like this is way more complex than I'm making it sound. But I just thought that that was such an interesting point that I have always thought as, fuck, excuse me, oh fuck. <laughs> I've always thought that Satan was also omnipresent, but only God's omnipresent. No, that makes sense. Like it, this is a spiritual battle, and a. It's not just Satan v. God. It's Satan and his minions. That's a really good thing to acknowledge. But I also want to acknowledge, because I think um, Cassandra had said this a long time ago when we were doing a Bible study, and I've thought about it a lot since then, and she was saying that she, and I don't know if she believes this to be true now, we should ask, But do you remember when she was saying how she doesn't like to say Satan? Like, she doesn't like to give him credit. She just likes to say the enemy. Do you remember that? Mm Mm-mm. I don't. I think it was something like that. Like, she just kept saying, like, I'm not going to say Satan. I'm just going to say the enemy. And honestly, and I was like, yeah, don't give him credit. Screw him. But at the same time, I think in this culture and when you are in the presence of people that are not believers defining the enemy is actually pretty important and so i never want us to like lose sight of that because i think that we make other things in this world out to be the enemy and we make excuses and we pledge our allegiance to different things that we don't have allegiance to you know it's like that kb Mm -hmm. song people are pledging allegiance to the flag instead of god 
yeah. you know? And it's like, if we do do that in, in many different ways on many different levels, but I think what it comes down to is remembering exactly what you're saying, that this is a spiritual battle and it is against God and against evil. And evil is not only the devil, but all of his minions and demons that infiltrate our day-to-day and influence our thoughts and our subconscious and, you know, everything else. Yep. But, like, not to remember. I think we, I don't know. That's, maybe this is a whole different podcast episode. Yeah, I just, I thought that that was really interesting. And I meant to bring it up in the last podcast, but I forgot. (laughs) Yeah, no, I think that's super interesting. But it's, I never want to lose sight of who is actually the enemy. Because I think that we put that we take what Satan is doing. And we push that on a person or a thing. It's like Mm. that person and that thing are not the enemy. They might be being heavily influenced and they may be under attack from many different ways. But at the end of the day, that person is not the enemy. It's like our last episode when we were talking about um, Saul to Paul. You know, if if people wrote Saul off to be the enemy and not the devil to be the enemy, what would have ever happened there? You know, right. Jesus didn't do that. Jesus didn't say, oh, yeah, Saul is now the enemy. No. He said, the devil's the enemy. Saul is my creation. Those two are separate. Yep. That's good. It's a word. It's a word. We do that with with friendships, too, though, and girls. And we allow comparison and insecurities to ruin friendships. Yeah. Friendships are so important. Like we see friendships all over scripture and we see a lot about friendships in scripture where, you know, they say two is better than one. And the person that falls with no one to pick them up is doomed, not doomed, but like, that's so unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember the exact verse there, but you know, in one of the Psalms, it's like friendship is sweet and encouraging to the soul it's yeah the community is widely um widely discussed in scripture and there is a reason why we are called to be you know tapped in to community and i think that i'm trying to think of some times in my life where i've definitely let comparison one steal my joy but also ruin a friendship and i can think back to high school like comparison with my best friend um and then we literally weren't friends after something happened and like that's so sad like we were best friends for so long so many years you know and then to let like one little thing come in and now like i look back hindsight 2020 and I'm just like that is so sad like I think that we could still be really incredible friends and it's sad to think about what could have been you know Mm -hmm. and I definitely feel like ever since that experience that's why I'm so cognizant of really just trying to never be that person like I want to be any of the girlfriends that I do have I want to be their biggest cheerleader and I want to support them and I want them to I don't know when they come to me I want them to feel like extra encouraged and like I am so proud of you even if it's something that we both are doing you know and that can be hard sometimes um like if we're both striving for something similar and they're like crushing it they're doing it they are not being they're not talking about it they're being about it and maybe you're still in the just talking about it phase you know it could Mm -hmm. be hard and I think that you can speak on it too like you know when you have a lot of friends who are maybe 
single like when you started being friends and now they're engaged or they're married and they have what you want in this goes for so many aspects of things um but like i said too i feel like i need to caution that um not that it's bad to always you know like be supportive be cheering them on but you never like want to bring them down and sometimes we do need to be brought down a little bit you know sometimes we need to be humbled and we need to be okay with that side of friendship too like mm-hmm. that being called out being called higher we always say that and I feel like that's where I honestly like honestly I think that is where I struggle more than I struggle with lifting people up and not being envious of them yeah I would agree with that because it's scary but I think that like we talked about last week that conflict handled well creates intimacy and I think that when you have situations like that where you're in friendships where you can call each other out and you can say the hard things and say the things that you know other people aren't necessarily going to say and the things that that person may not even want to hear you know that that is a good friendship. And I have this with one of my roommates, honestly. And it's not even that we're the best of friends. Not that we're not friends. We are good friends. But it's not like we spend every second together and do everything together. We're very alike, but also very different. And I think that that lends well to the friendship and, you know, being roommates and stuff. It's super nice. Um just like the differences that we have but despite you know she may not be my very best friend but despite that she really does listen to what i say and she will call it out and i've said on multiple occasions like hey thank you for being the friend that says the things that are hard and that i don't necessarily want to hear and thanks for keeping me accountable and i think that that those friendships are so valuable because you know that person's not saying it to hurt you and they're not going to just tell you what you want to hear either So when you go to them, you're really going to them with honesty and valuing what they have to say because you know that it is going to be much more unbiased than other sources. Definitely. And it's it's on us to live unoffendable, you know. Mm -hmm. Somebody's Mm going to come to us with something. And and this happened to us even recently. I didn't want to say anything, but I knew you were – my best friend in the entire world and even if you're upset about it for a minute you know you're not gonna ever like we're not gonna let anything ever separate us you know and those are the kind of friendships that you need mm-hmm. you have to be unoffendable it even says it in proverbs eighteen nineteen. it says an offended friend is harder to win back than a fortified city arguments separate friends like a gate locked with bars so you know if we're always coming back at people with you know snooty or like snappy back comments like well you don't know what's going on or you know how could you think that or how could you say that then people are going to stop calling you out and people are not going to want to be your friend so I think it's all about how you respond and yes this goes for every type of relationship marriages everything in between Mm -hmm. you know oh yeah yeah definitely and as Christians it seems funny to me that people can be so offended because especially in America, I I mean, not really anywhere, but we live in this quote unquote free speech country and there's a lot of spiritual warfare. There's a lot of attack against Christianity in our country. I was just talking about this to someone the other day and it was just like, I was just saying how, if God isn't real, like, why is he the one being targeted by all of these artists, you know? Like, exactly. why Why is everyone making fun of God and, you know, trying to dress up like the devil and doing all this Illuminati stuff? And you can see all of that and get very offended. Uh, but why? I don't understand. I've never really understand that, understood that as a Christian. And I've heard it, I don't remember where, it was many years ago. But I think it was a pastor was just saying, like, I am a Christian. You cannot offend me that easily. Because if you get offended that easily, you're never going to be able to work 
towards the kingdom. You're never going to be able to do good for the kingdom because you're going to sit there and you're going to be mad about every little thing. And the fact of the matter is that this battle is already won and it's not yeah. by us. And so why think, are you living so offended? Yeah. And I think too, like, what do we do in those moments when you do feel offended? You know, because there have been times, I think even more so in marriage where it's like, you get called out for something and you're like, you you know, I think deep down that that's something about you and you're just like upset that that ugly part about you just got called out, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's not the fact that it's not that person. It is your own discontent with yourself. And I think that all you can do in that moment is just pray. Pray that God will change that area about you. Pray that God will soften your heart towards that person and, you know, open your eyes to the fact that that person's not saying that to hurt you. They're saying that to change you. And I think that all, like all we can do is pray. And I think once again, there's so much power in prayer. I think that once you do find yourself in that situation and you do actually sit down and stop and pray, you're going to feel lighter like automatically. I've noticed that in a lot of situations recently where it's just like, you know, God, I'm frustrated. Will you help soften my heart? Will you help me understand? And it's mm -hmm. like all of a sudden, it's like literal tension leaves your body. Mm -hmm. No, that's so true. And with that, Proverbs 19.20 says, listen to advice and accept discipline. And at the end, you will be counted among the wise. Like we are meant to have an iron sharpening iron community. We are meant to call each other out and up and to receive that advice and receive that, um, you know, people calling us out on nonsense so that we can change and that we can grow from that. And I think, honestly, so much of the time we our default is to respond in defense and respond mm -hmm. in not always anger, but just like you don't even listen sometimes when someone's trying to talk to you. And especially if you're anticipating a conversation that's hard and you build it up in your head and you start saying all these things, like you already have things in your head that you want to say. Sometimes you don't, you don't even listen to what someone is trying to tell you. And yeah. We do that far too often instead of just taking a second to one, truthfully listen, and two, to be silent for a little bit. Just shush, shush mouth for a little bit and understand like before you talk, is the person someone that loves you and really wants the best for you? Because I think that's the first thing. There are a lot of people that are going to talk into your life that may not love you, may not want the best for you. And, you know, like in work situations, in superficial quote-unquote friendships or acquaintanceships or whatever you know like you're gonna have situations in life where you are going to receive criticism from a standpoint or from a person that doesn't necessarily care too much about you and you have to discern what they're saying like yeah not saying that that's that they're not right just because they don't really care about you but you have to just understand like who is the source and what is their intention here and what part of that could be right? Because if they're saying something, there's probably a piece of it that's correct. Or there's probably something that's triggering that conversation. And maybe it's not correct. Maybe it's bad information. And you can sit there and reflect on that and just say, like, I see where you're coming from. Let me tell you how you got there, but what the truth is on my side. But, um, you know, like a lot of times if someone's calling you out, there's a bit that you can say almost every time you know that that aspect they're right about that that's yeah. where this went wrong i think that that's definitely why the bible says you know be slow to talk and be slow mm -hmm. to anger because if you just spew out and you're just like a loose cannon after somebody says something like that you're gonna have to do a lot of backpedaling and apologizing and because it always happens. Like, I can't say how many times this has happened in marriage. You know, Brandon says something to me, and then I just, like, fire back, like, a loose cannon. And then I, you know, we take a minute, 10 minutes later, I'm like, dang it. Like, he's right. And then I have to go back and be like, I'm sorry. 
<laughs> please forgive me. Please love me. And I mean, that's the great thing about marriage is, you know, they have to love you. And they don't not... have to. They choose to. Yeah. Well, it's like sisterhood. You have to love me. And <laughs> that's not true either. We choose with... to love each other. But with friendships, they could be like, you know what? I am so sick of this person just not ever listening, not taking constructive criticism well, and just always firing back in defense because that's annoying. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm I'm saying that from experience. Like, I am that person sometimes. And it's crazy how it, different it is, like, relationship to relationship. Like, you can be, like, the most slow to speak, slow to anger person with certain people, and then it's, like, that one person. And it's often the person that knows you the best that you're just like this is hard mm-hmm. well you get kind of comfortable and with some other relationships you walk on eggshells so mm-hmm. you do have that check because you're like okay i can't respond in this way because we're not that close or they don't know me that well or whatever it is but it is you're right those truthfully intimate places that's where some of the ugliest moments come out. Yep. Definitely. I guess what are what are ways and I don't even know if you have an answer for this, but how do we combat first of all comparison in relationships? I think that it all comes from being confident in your identity. I think that, and in order to be confident in your identity, you have to be confident in your relationship with God because he is where our identity ideally should lie. Um, And I think it's all about knowing and remembering for me, you know, our life here on earth is so small in comparison to eternity. Like, what is the average lifespan? Like 80, 70 something? If you think about that, like, that is actually insane how short of amount of time that is. Like, you're almost 30. Mm. Whoa, bro. Like, think about that, though. <laughs> Why you gotta be like that? Yeah, I know. Well, it's terrifying. Well, yeah. and <laughs> if you know our family history. Yeah, the women in our family. <laughs> yeah, our that that lifespan's even shorter. Exactly. Yeah, that's and, terrifying. You just never know. Exactly. And so if you think about it like that, like if you just remind yourself, like, I'm grateful for the day and the fact that I'm here and the fact that I am healthy, you know, just like the little things. And I think that's why they say, you know, like if you are you can't, gosh, I'm going to butcher this, but like scientifically, you cannot be anxious and grateful at the same time. So if you're just like sitting there thinking about, that's why they say, you know, do your five things of gratitude in the morning um, Mm -hmm. and, you know, read your scripture in the morning, set yourself up well. I think that those are very true because I think that if we're sitting there and we're just being grateful for the fact that we're even here and we're really putting into perspective the fact that we are only here for such a short amount of time, like all of these little things that happen in our day, they're not, they hold no weight, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so if you really think about that and if you start to start to feel yourself becoming jealous that, you know, your friend just got engaged or maybe you've, and your husband of trying to have been trying to get pregnant and your best friend just got pregnant. It's like, I think allow yourself the space to be maybe sad, but don't project those feelings onto that person, you know, like take a minute to just be like, this is my situation. I'm feeling sad because I haven't yet got to experience this thing that I am wanting to experience. Um, and you know the people around me are experiencing it and i think it's important to like i think a lot of people are like well just like don't be sad about it just cheer them on be excited for them and yes be excited for them but also allow yourself the time to mourn and be sad you know those that are 
what is the verse? Those that are poor in faith are, I don't know. Well, I guess what I'm trying to get at is like those moments pull, like lean into God because those are some of like the sweetest, like when you look back and you do have all those things that you wanted, you're going to look back and you're going to be like, wow, I felt so close to God in that moment because I leaned into him and I needed him to fill my cup when the things that I was searching for weren't coming. Mm -hmm. And I think that, so there's a few things. I think just being firm in your identity, if it's something that is um, around identity, like, you know, like, oh man, that person is so much prettier than I am, or they have so much more money than I do, or they are going on all those vacations and I haven't gone on a vacation like ever in my life, or they just got a puppy and I want a puppy, you know, just like all of the wants and things like that. Just be firm in your identity of God, what called God says is important in life. And, you know, we're called to not be lovers of money and we're not called to be vain and all those things, which is, I know is easier said than done. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that if we can, you know, just really put into perspective that our time here is so incredibly short. So let's Ecclesiastes this baby and let is, let's, you know, enjoy it. And yeah. Yeah. I'm so glad that you just said that. I need everyone to be on board with Ecclesiastes. Yeah. And I just think that let's just not, yeah, let's not forget that we can we can feel our feelings in the sense of we can be sad, but don't sit in that sadness. Don't let that sadness overwhelm you and overtake you, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just pull yeah. yourself out of it. Tell people what you're feeling maybe even tell that person you know I think that that is okay too you can tell them you know I'm really happy for you um could you pray for me that maybe one day I could experience this um you know there's so many ways that you could go about these things but I think the most important thing that comes to my mind when I think about comparison now is like one I'm just really grateful that I and here, and that God put me in, um, that God put me in a family, like that God gave us dad to teach us about faith. And then from there on, everybody else that's poured into us, you know, that we were born at this time in America, like we are truly so blessed. Mm-hmm. And it's like the little things that are here to steal your joy. It's like, no, it's not worth it. It's really not worth it. Like, I could die tomorrow. So I'm not saying, you know, just indulge in anything and everything because that's not what the Bible tells us to do. Mm -mm. But it does tell us to have joy, you know. And joy and happiness are vastly different. Joy is not based on your circumstances. No, because you can have joy and suffering. Yeah. And joy is a choice. And I think that's what I was going to go into is that sometimes, at least for me, you just have to choose to say, this is someone that I want in my life and I need it in my life, I think. And so I'm going to choose, even when it's hard, to love them and be a cheerleader for them. And that doesn't mean not calling them out. That doesn't mean not having hard conversations. But it means, like, I am not going to allow my own insecurities or my own comparison to ruin our friendship and steal the joy and the fruit that God is trying to plant in our lives through this relationship. Because that's something that, so I have two roommates. Um, One of my roommates has been, we've lived together for the past few years. And and that's what I was talking about earlier. The other roommate just moved in this past summer and we were praying so hard about who should live in this house and honestly the situation was very interesting at first and that's a whole different story but um we were gonna go with someone and then we decided against that for several reasons and um our last roommate situation was very bad and so we were like we need to be very intentional about who we choose to live with us and it's funny because my roommate posted on facebook and because that's just kind of how things are here that you like post your whatever on Facebook in our 
basically like county housing group just to get feelers out. And um, I had told her, I have someone in mind, but I really need to pray on it a little bit more because I didn't know this girl a ton. But the what I did know about her is that she was sweet. She loves Jesus. She We have many similarities, um, just like an awesome girl, super positive, super fun, super beautiful. And, but I, I was like, let me just pray on this. And it's funny because her name kept coming up and up in my heart, in my mind, and in my prayers. And then she commented on that post. And my roommate Kira was like, is this your friend? And I was like, yeah, that's my friend out of all the people in this valley. That's who's going to comment on that post. That's hilarious. And so I texted her and I was like, hey, you know, Kira told me that you posted on this. It you Your name has been on my heart. And um, she actually was praying about where to live. And she grew up kind of in the same neighborhood. So this neighborhood that we're in is very special to her. And she had so many different aspects that she was praying for, like a certain amount of rent, certain amount of space, like having her own area to cook, like a beautiful kitchen she wanted, which we really do have quite a nice kitchen. And um, she wanted her own room and she would have loved her own bathroom and all these things, like all these things just aligned where she was like, this is straight up from God. And I was like, this is straight up from God. And it's so funny that God like plants people in your life in, in situations like that. And you just know that there's a reason that God wants us to be friends because he made all of this happen when it doesn't really make sense. And we always laugh at that story because I'm like, how do we end up being roommates and being such good friends out of this? Like Jesus wanted that for us. And there's some reason that he needs us to be together or like wants us to be together. And I told her straight up from the get go. I'm like, I love being your friend because I don't feel like I compare myself to you, which is funny because we are very similar. And there are a lot of moments to compare ourselves to each other. Right. And I've had to continuously choose. Like, I don't want to compare myself to you. And it's, you know, sometimes it's not easy and I feel myself doing that. And I just have to say and choose. I don't want that to be a friend that I let comparison ruin things for. And I just want to love her. I want to see her successful. She already is successful. And she's made so many different changes in her life that are so cool and so awesome. And I want to love and support that. Even though there are things that, like I could easily get um, protective over, you know? Oh, that's such a terrible feeling. It is terrible. And, and and why? Because it's not like, for instance, a lot of it is around fitness and you know how I've always been with fitness. I've always been someone that's pretty private it, as far as like people know that I, I do fitness or whatever. Like people know that I run, people know that I go to the gym, people know that I do all these things, but I never want to, like I'll post something about being out there, but I would I rarely ever post like my mileage or my pace or my exact workout. My Strava is private. I'm just a private person because that's something that really, really, for whatever reason, is triggering and gets me in this comparison trap of like how much I'm doing from an activity level. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is about that, but I have always been that way. And it's funny because my roommate is on a health journey and she's given up a lot of things and she's cleaning up her diet and she's working out every day. And I felt like that has been very triggering in some ways, but I'm like, why is that triggering? She's literally just doing what you already do. And she's asked you so many questions. Why are you taking that as a comparison? She's trying to learn from you. That's so cool. But we allow those moments to be ruined. Yeah. I think that's super interesting because if you think about it in like a sense of that is what you put your identity in, like you put your identity in, um, you know, being healthy or being fit. And then you see other people starting to put their identity in that and you get, yeah, like a little bit jealous or a little bit frustrated. Like, no, that's my thing. Like, that's what I do. Mm -hmm. Like, no because if you think about it in the like terms of christianity 
and religion, if you put your identity in Christ and all of a sudden your friend is coming up and asking you like, hey, can I talk to you about Jesus? Like, I'm thinking about trying out this whole Jesus thing. Never, ever, ever would you have that feeling of, no, that's my thing in your heart. You would be like, holy taquito. Absolutely. I will drop everything. Let yeah. me, like, I'm going to, whatever it takes, I'll pray with you. I will print out Bible or I'll send you links to Bible studies. Um, we could do a Bible study together. Like never in your life would you be um, defensive or, you know, about that, which I think is super interesting because mm. I don't know. I think that that's super, super interesting because that's the only, like that's one of the only things that I can think of that I know for sure, like for a fact, I would never feel like possessive over, you know, and I just want everybody to know about Jesus. Yeah, that's such a good point. And I've never thought about it that way. It's like you have your identity as a child of God. And that is the first and foremost, most important thing about you. But then you do have these identity characteristics where they shouldn't be your identity. Your identity is a child of God, but they are characteristics of your identity. They make up who you are and what you love. And and I think that's good. You know, like obviously we're going to have that. But that identity as a child of God is the only foundational identity that we have. The rest are characteristics of who we are. And that's where we get caught up, which is what you're to what you're saying. So funny and so silly because it's not our foundational identity. Those are yeah. just characteristics, but it is easy to feel possessive or feel um, protective over some of those things. Like, like you know, I I am healthy. I work out every day. I eat this way and I take this much time to do this whatever it is like those things are things that make up who we are and they are good things and they are stewarding our bodies well and they are things that we love and enjoy and we learn from and whatever it is but at the end of the day what you're saying is our identity first and foremost is a child of God and that's the only foundational thing and it's like, I feel, and I'm totally with you on this. This is like me saying me too. Um, but it's really selfish to, you know, ever feel, I don't know, possessive over something like that. Because we want people to, of course, we want our friends to be happy and we want them to be healthy and mm -hmm. we want them to take care of themselves, you know? And I think that it's like this, yeah, we just need to let go of the possessive feelings of these areas of our life and just do it because we love it and we enjoy it, you know? Like, that's what I think about a lot, too, is, like, and I just took two weeks off of social media, and it was fantastic. It was <laughs> so great. And um, then when I was thinking about, like, you know, like, coming back on it's like what is frustrating about social media is of course the fact that you know you're just getting these little snippets of people's lives and you look at it and you just like constantly feel down about yourself and I think that that's the problem behind it is when you go to post something it's like why are you posting this are you posting this because you want to share something exciting with people like what's your heart behind it or are you just posting it so that people will be envious of you and you know and I think that that's just the nature of us as human beings you know we want people to look at us and be like oh man like she's doing that or you know like she got that and it's like let's just be happy for each other and if these things are triggers for you if you can't you know look at that stuff and be like oh wow that's so cool that they got to do that um like, I think we really, really need to tr pray for Jesus to soften our hearts and to change our perspective of, you know, be happy for other people that they're doing these things, but also know that that's such a small, like, a glimpse into their life. And 
you don't know what's going on behind the scenes. And I think just the bottom line is, is know that when those things slip into your mind of comparison or jealousy or envy, you know, just bring it back and say, I'm not going to let Satan steal the joy from this. Like, Mm -hmm. like you're saying. And I think that that automatically, like if you call that out and you just say, you know, like the enemy is not going to steal this from me and I'm just going to be happy and I'm going to be supportive. And um, I think honestly, just saying that out loud. Yeah. No, I, I a hundred percent agree with that. I feel like we could say a lot more on this topic, but we're already 50 minutes in. I know. I just think that friendships are so important in this world and a lot of friendships are ruined by jealousy in comparison. And those are not things that Jesus wants for us or for our relationships. And I think you need to know your boundaries, where you are better and where you really need to pray for help and for God to intervene on your heart and just soften it and change your perspective on things because a lot of the times you when you look at a situation and it feels toxic and it feels ruined a lot of times there's something there's some aspect of jealousy comparison pride whatever it be that you're contributing to that situation yeah which is all all of three of those things are sins yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and and I think a lot of that is pride. You know, God is going to humble the prideful and exalt the humble. And, oh. and he does that in history throughout your life. But ultimately, at the end, when Jesus comes back for us, that's also going to be the biggest biggest theme is those who were super prideful, he will humble greatly. I think another thing too that I've had to keep reminding myself of is like, um, and not even like in the aspect of jealousy and stuff like that, but just in the aspect of judgment and whatnot is that the person that I'm judging, like that is a child of God. Like Mm -hmm. that is God's creation. God loves that person. So why can't I, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. I think that that's always something important to remember that it's easy to forget is like, yes, maybe they're doing not so great things or making not so great decisions, but that is a child of God. So I should definitely pray for them. And mm-hmm. um, I think that, I don't know, that's something that I have to keep reminding myself of in my line of work. <laughs> well, yeah. And in what we were talking about earlier is doing a check on what your thoughts are is the person the enemy or is the enemy the enemy because the enemy is the exactly god created everything and he created everyone to be fearfully and wonderfully made and he created them in his image and he loves them beyond a shadow of a doubt so are they, like we read in scripture, people get demon-possessed. Are they misled? Are they hurt? Are they broken? Are they brokenhearted? Not broken. Um, you know, but like, are they all these things? Yeah, maybe. But we have to remember that they're still a child of God. They're still fearfully and wonderfully made. They're made in his image. They have a purpose. They were made for this time on purpose. Maybe they're being heavily influenced by the enemy. Maybe they're being attacked. Maybe they've experienced hurt that hasn't been processed through a biblical lens. Maybe they don't even have, maybe they haven't had an opportunity really to know Jesus. Yep. You have to remember all those things. And just the last thing that I want to say is when we are feeling this way, like um, when our insecurities are coming through and we're feeling envious and jealous and comparing ourselves to everyone I think that too 
I know I talked about stopping and praying, but also really stopping to think about what has my internal dialogue been lately? Has it been really negative? Am I just like constantly tearing myself down and, you know, not being able to see the good in me? So therefore, when I'm seeing all of this good in other people, all this greatness, all the things that they're accomplishing, it's even that more triggering for me. Um, because the Bible talks about, you know, the weight of our words and the weight of our thoughts. They, oh my goodness, they are so much more than we think that they are. Like they can, they can build you up or they can destroy you. And it's, it's hard. Like it by no means am I good at it, but it's definitely something that we need to stop and think about, you know, you don't even have to say it about yourself. You can just think it about yourself. So we really need to stop and change that internal dialogue too, to exactly what you would tell a friend. You know, you are made in the image of God. You are beautiful. You are who you are meant to be. Like you are who God created you to be. Like there is no other Raylan. There is no other Demi. Like they always say like, speak to yourself the way you would speak to your daughter. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. And that's brought a whole new meaning to my life after having two um, daughters. And I just, like, look at them and I just think to myself, man, I hope that they never feel like they're not good enough. Or, you know, I hope that they never feel like they're not pretty enough. Because to me, oh, my gosh, they're the most beautiful people I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And that's how God treats us and thinks about us, I'm sure. Oh, I know he does, you know. It's like when, even when Quinn is in trouble, I'm like, there's nothing that you could do that would ever make me love you less. And that's exactly what God does. Like, even after she, like, is being a two-year-old and throws her tantrum and slaps me in the face, I'm still like, I love you more than you'll ever know. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Exactly. I think... To the the other thing that made me think about wanting to talk about this, and I intend on talking more about this in the future, but when you do have a sweet friendship, it's, it is the sweetest thing, especially when you have friendships with girls that love God, and you can get together and have a girls' night and talk about Jesus. Like, one of my friends, Becca, she... This all started because she texted me and she um, she said, Ray, I just finished the New Testament and I made it my goal to finish the New Testament in six months and I did it. And that was my first time reading Revelations. Like, bro, what did I just read? We have to talk about this. Like, that was one of the sweetest text messages I've ever received. And she was just like inundating my phone it was like eight messages later of like oh my gosh this is amazing I love Jesus so much I love you I love girls I love friendships blah blah and I'm like that there is nothing sweeter there is literally nothing sweeter in this world than seeing people love Jesus and being close to people that love Jesus and just being on fire for that and wanting to build relationship off of that Mm, that's so true and just to piggyback off of that it's like when you do start to feel uh jealous or you're comparing yourself because you know that girl is working on their health and fitness or they got that job like that's being honestly jealous of what god is doing in their life Mm -hmm. you know and it's just like there's no point like it's all for the kingdom it's all for the glory of god and if it's not, then don't even pay, like, don't even give thought to it, you know? Yeah, yeah, honestly. If you're being jealous that someone is, you know, raking in the dough and they just bought that insane house and they're, like, traveling all over the world. It's like that person probably is not doing that for God because, like it says, it's harder for a rich man to get to heaven than it is for a camel to go through uh, the eye of a needle. Like, mm-hmm. you know. But also that being said, like you, there are a lot of people and, you know, what just came to my mind is the Schnacky family who, they do a lot of things. They're very influential. They're very, 
social media popular. They're famous now in, in a lot of different ways through a lot of different avenues. And, and they're all a little bit different. But you have to ask yourself when you're looking at these situations, is that a win for the kingdom? Mm-hmm. Because if it's a win for the kingdom, it's a win for me. And it's a win for them. And it's not, yes, there are people that kind of do things that that are amazing. It's not bad to have money. It's not bad to travel. It's not bad to do all these things. But it's like, are you stewarding that well? Are you still messaging, sending this message for the kingdom? And, and like the Shanaki's coming to mind. It's like, yes, they do a lot of things that seem extra and bougie and they do have money and they do go on nice vacations and such but they also have built a platform and god has given them a platform to share about the kingdom and i think that they are doing it in a way that's very influential and not all of their content is about the kingdom but sometimes it is that other content that brings people in and then the next content will be about jesus and 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 that's kind of like a young lifestyle too you know you bring you lure people in to young life um not necessarily to camp for sure but even just to like young life club the very first thing you do is some wild game and you do and you sing and you do all these other things and then it's like you lure people in with this joy this like innocent fun and then you slip in jesus so i think that you just have to look at every situation as is this a win for the kingdom how is god working through this because it might look very glamorous and it might look very poor hi babe um is that yeah good? yeah <laughs> up on the thing sorry oh can we get um, a the view jesus yeah, she'll come back. She's got to go get a butt change. Um, <laughs> and also, just literally, I promise, this is the last thing. Um, just going back to, like, uh, kingdom wins and stuff like that, you know? Mm-hmm. I think that it's a kingdom win when just, and I just want to say this because I know that this is such, like, this is probably the main area where people get comparison is with like looks and things like that you know like they're prettier or whatever blah 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 Mm -hmm. and it's just like it's a kingdom win when someone's taking care of themselves um you know because we are supposed to treat our bodies like a temple Mm -hmm. um but in that being said like we have become far too obsessed with what we look like and like vanity is a sin Mm -hmm. and when we make what we look like an idol like that's not like that's missing the point you know like god gave us these bodies to enjoy um to as vehicles to get through this life and it's just like we put so much weight on what we look like and it's just like it's honestly so exhausting and it it is the thief of so many people's joy and like I just think we need to rewrite the script there and just be like, you know what? Like we've just overcomplicated everything I feel like. And that's like the root of it. And Mm -hmm. it's just like, yeah, move your body. If if, like eat what feels good, do all the things. It's just like, don't let it consume your life because we've both been there and it's not a fun place to be, you know? No. And like, there's, it's, there's different origins, right? Because you, we should maybe talk about this on an ep- a separate episode as its own topic. Maybe we can talk more about it next week. But there is a difference between moving your body because you feel guilty and you feel like you need to look a certain way versus moving your body because it's joyful and it makes you feel better and it clears your mind and it allows you to get energy out and it allows you to spend time with Jesus or with friends or whatever it is. And that's like, I have a whole separate podcast to do later about kind of the lessons that I've learned through ultra running, like the biblical lessons I've learned through ultra running. Mm. And like when, yeah, when your fitness is not just about 
what you look like and what your food or when your food is not just about what you look like. It's about really stewarding your body well and it's about feeding your family for longevity and it's about moving your body to feel good and to have better mental health. Your world changes. Hi, do you want to say hi to the people? Yeah. Can you say hi? Hi. Can you say, love you, Jesus? Love you, Jesus. Aww. That's so sweet. All right. <laughs> On that note, that is a wrap. Okay. Well, next week, maybe we can talk yeah, more about that. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to say bye, Quinny? Bye. <laughs> bye. bye. Love you. Love you. Love you. Miss you. <laughs> All right, bye. Bye. bye, -bye.